this episode of the Council of the Wise Developers. In this Voices of the Tech Community episode, we'll visit Gil Bates, Council Member and Fortune 500 Chief Executive Officer. He'll show us some of the latest tech and gear coming out of Gigafirm. Then, the head of the Council, Enoch Wise, will interview Taylor Dessen, a recruiter against recruiters. I'm Johnny McCodes, Speaker of the Council. I can stop checking social media anytime I want. I'm Johnny McCodes, Senior Editor of Tech News. Here are some headlines trending in the tech community. Enterprise technology giant Pythia, known for its Pythia database and laughably failing to launch a relevant cloud business, announced in a shareholder meeting this week that it is considering shuttering its foundational database business. The company's CEO wants to focus on a promising growth market, suing its own customers. Hot startup Chip, which facilitates internet payments, received another round of funding this week, raising its valuation to 17 fucktillion. One reporter present at the press event raised concerns that for the valuation to be justified, Chip would have to go on to facilitate every internet payment ever. When investors heard the reporter's question about the valuation being unrealistic, they began to laugh uncontrollably. One venture capitalist shit her pants, literally, and still kept on laughing. I'm Johnny McCode, Senior Editor of Tech News. Johnny McCodes here, Speaker of the Council. I'm here at the Gigafirm office in NYC to visit its founder and fellow Council of the Wise Developers member, Gil Bates. Uh, I'm about to exit the elevator to Gil's office. Welcome to the executive suite. Wow, this office is nice. No ball pits like the Truthbook office but very stylish and comfortable. I see coffee machines and tasteful Gigafirm logos on the wall. Please proceed along the glowing path. Oh, wow. Looks like the office assistant is lighting a path on the floor. Puff, puff, pass. Would you like to blaze up? Um, it seems the digital assistant is offering me marijuana? Jews will not replace us. Whoa. No, 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 Faye. Hey, don't, don't say that, Faye. Oh, hey Johnny. Uh, hi Gil. Hey, did someone allow did someone allow Faye to read social media again? You are too fast. Please take a rest. You are too fast. Please take a rest. You are too fast. Please take a rest. Ah, uh, damn it! Can someone retrain and reboot Faye? Ah, uh, come this way, Johnny. This is my office over here. Gil, this, this is amazing. Your office outside was nice, but generic. This is... Welcome back, Johnny, to the golden age of air travel. We're inside a recreation of a 1950s or 1960s airplane. I even see the Pan Am logo on the walls. Re... Re... It's not a re... It's not a recreation, Johnny. This is the fuselage from the aircraft built into my office. And... If needed, it can detach and act as my private jet. Really? Amazing. Oh yeah, fully trained flight crew. Hey, help yourself to a beef wellington. And can I interest you in a mild Chesterfield cigarette? You can smoke in your office? How can I smoke in my office? This is a private aircraft, Johnny. 
can I get you a cocktail? Oh, uh, no, thank you. I- I'm I'm at work, but but thank you. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're poor. I'm at work. <laughs> wow, those um flight attendants are wearing very short skirts. Of course. I've completely recreated the flight attendant experience from April 1962. In fact, the flight attendants are required to be single, and they have impeccable flirtation skills. We test them on that. Assessment and everything. Oh, isn't that a labor law issue? Johnny, they're contractors, not people. Oh. You know... You know who hated this whole plane vibe? My ex-wife. Ungrateful asshole, man. We cured diseases in Africa, but now she wants space. Just because I insist on making my stewardesses call me software daddy. Well, I know you said you were very busy today. Yeah, super busy. But hey, my shitty ex-wife is doing a society talk tonight. And I gotta send some payment to some Saudis to sabotage the event. So, uh, well, thank you for letting me see your amazing office. I mean, I'll be heading out, but maybe we could meet again and discuss Gigafirm's artificial intelligence lab. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't leave yet. Johnny, not without installing the Gigafirm office suite in all your devices. And spending time at the lab recording your voice so we can use it for training data for our digital assistant. Um, I really don't want to do any of that, Gil. Johnny, Johnny, did you read all the terms and conditions when you signed in downstairs? Uh... No, no special treatment, Johnny. You're going to be here for at least six more hours. Unless you want to hear from our lawyers. (laughs) Uh... Hey, I almost forgot. I need you to flirt with my ex-wife on Tinder. Get it to swipe right, and then I have some crazy lightweight recording devices you can wear. Now let's hear from our sponsor, your CTO who released a second self-produced album. Hey, software engineers, it's some mission-based startup. Your CTO already released one god-awful album he recorded while coming apart in pandemic isolation, but then apparently... Fucking Sharon in HR told your CTO that his first self-produced album was, quote, brave. So he did that shit again. Includes soon-to-be hits like, Is It Wrong to Marry a Cat? When you mew, meow, I just love you. Not in a weird sex way, don't you worry, dow, dow, dow. First principles, they got nothing to say. Is it wrong to marry a cat? Now, now, now. Also on the album, My Sourdough Bread is Damn Tasty. Sourdough bread is damn taste, taste, taste. Sourdough bread is damn taste, taste, taste. Because I added MSG, we. You gave some vapid, inoffensive feedback to the first album. 
now you've been invited to a vaccinated launch party in your CTO's garage. God damn it, Sharon. And now for the interview segment. It is at last time. Our glorious leader has exited his donut coma. Enoch Wise is our glorious leader of the council, a billionaire transhumanist 10xer on the spectrum. He is the technical co-founder of Morgoth Defense Industries. He was in the Capitol building on January 6, 2021, but only because he had to remove some root kits from the week before. He'll only discuss his net worth in detail when Dogecoin is rallying. I give you Enoch Wise. Hello, my name is uh, Enoch Wise. I'm here with uh, uh, Taylor Dessin. Uh, he, he is the re recruiter against recruiters. Hello, Taylor. What's going on? Welcome to the Council of the Wise Developers. You call yourself a, a recruiter against recruiters. What, what does that mean? Yeah, uh, recruiters against recruiters actually came out of a conversation I had with my wife, believe it or not, one day. I don't know what day it was. It was a while ago. And uh, I was like, man, I was like, I'm so tired of our industry. I'm so tired of the way we do things that, that I just, I, I feel like I need to have a tagline or I feel like I need to separate myself from the rest of the industry. And my wife goes, well, how about, how about recruiter against recruiters? And I was like, what? Well, that sounds great. And so that stuck ever since, but basically I have a lot of people ask me that, like, what does that mean? Um, my goal uh, in life is really to um, not only help clients and individuals hire, find their dream jobs and hire easier, hire better, but also um, help our industry get better. Um, the recruiting industry as a whole is not good. We're very car salesy, used car salesy. Um, and um, I want to be a recruiter that is against the way the recruiting industry does things, but I want to help the recruiting industry get better. I've only ever talked to a recruiter one time and he, I can get tech jobs on my own just fine, but he did sell me a used car. It was, it was a pretty good yeah. car. <laughs> uh, Taylor, you do uh, live streams. You, you respond to texts in real time. What do you discuss on those streams? Yeah. So when COVID hit back in, uh, back last year, 2019, 2020, 2020, um, I realized um, after talking to so many people who were just, overnight on the job search that people felt alone. Um, people didn't know what to do. Um, and so I was like, well, why don't I just do something about it? And so typically our industry, as, uh, the recruiting industry does not do things at scale. When I say at scale, I mean like the internet. Our yeah. entire job as recruiters is to I would meet you, shake your hand, maybe grab grab coffee with you, buy you lunch, and then move on to the next guy or girl. And I would do that every single day. Recruiters typically meet 10 to 15 people, new people a week, not to maintain existing relations, not to mention maintain existing relationships. So if you extrapolate that out over a year, I'm bad at math. Let's just do an average of 10 a week, which is never just 10. We're meeting, we're meeting over 500 people a year. And so 
in my head, when COVID hit, I was like, well, why don't I just start doing something where people can hang out with me? And I was very grateful to apply to LinkedIn Live, get that early. So I started to go live every morning. So I go live every morning, 9.30 a.m. Central, um, to give back um, and to share all of my secrets. And I talk about one small topic a day. It's 15, 20 minutes. It's nothing super long. What my goal is, is to just allow people to come together, to network, to comment, to um, help slide into other people's DMs. Like, hey, I saw you on Taylor's live show. And just to kind of create this community, it's pretty cool. So my live show now averages about 10,000 views a month. Um, and uh, I have a text messaging community. So another way I thought about it, I was like, man, like everyone's got Slack communities and Discord communities. And I was like, what if I have a texting community? Like, what if I have a, a text? Now, it's, and now you're probably like, oh, you have all these people on like a group text. No, it's actually a app that I use where I can send one text and it goes out individually to all these people. Um, but I actually just share one practical job tip and trick um, to level your level up your job search. And so I do that as well. Um, and, and that goes to about 400 people a day. All right. Sounds fair. So who needs to hear this? Who should be listening or watching? Uh, listening to your live streams. Everybody. I mean, I, I really, so I, I really think everybody, and, and here's why I think, so my live show is called guidance counselor 2.0. And the reason why I was called that is because we had guidance counselor. We had, we had a guidance counselor in middle school. We had a guidance counselor in high school. We kind of had a guidance counselor in college, kind of more of like an advisor, right? Really just kind of helped you pick your classes. And that was it. And we really don't have a guidance counselor as an adult. Like we have counselors we have therapists and i'm huge a huge advocate of counseling that's a whole another conversation for another day but we don't have guidance we don't have guidance counselors like somebody where you can just ask like un like no like just a stupid question about a, a job and so i really think anybody can watch my show it's it's really not just tech specific i break down how to write a resume how to write a linkedin how to use a recruiter all of it. It's I like, I don't go over just tech specific stuff. So what my goal is, what my live show. So I, I don't know about you. Um, but my parents always woke up in the morning, always used to watch the more, the, the, like today show, drink a cup of coffee and read the, read the paper. Like, that's just what they did. So I want to become that where you can say, I want to hop on for 15 minutes for Taylor's show, just learn something about the job search network with people and then continue my day. I had a guidance counselor in high school who told me I might be a narcissistic sociopath. <laughs> now I'm a successful founder and billionaire. So jokes on them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Tell me, Taylor, you are also a co-founder of a podcast called Unicorn Finders. Who should listen yes. to that? And how many unicorns have you found? Uh, we found, I think we've got, we've had about 30, 35 guests on the show now. Um, we had a really, we had a really good one yesterday about coffee. Um, a, a former Netflix um, and CrossFit.com um, developer has started a a, a coffee app. Um, but so Unicorn Finders was another thing that spun out of COVID. I don't know if thank if, you if COVID you and the yeah yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, like I, I'm never going to say I'm thankful for COVID because it's been terrible, but I think it's really pushed me into the digital age. Um, and so unicorn finders, it's, it's me and two of my best friends, Dan Thompson and Jake Shepard, um, both in, in, in Tampa and, and Raleigh respectively. And, um, 
we we know a lot of people. <clears throat> Jake and Raleigh has scaled one, the largest tech meetup in North Carolina. Um, it's got over five thousand members. Um, Dan in Tampa is is a like I think he said an eighth generation Floridian on his Twitter handle. And he's very ingrained in the Tampa community, knows everybody, went to the University of Florida, just knows a ton of people. And he's a little bit more on like the educational board, nonprofit side. So we know a lot of people. So, I, so we were like, well, why don't we just start something? And we just interview the people we know. And it's kind of been pretty cool. We've seen some pretty cool successes from it. We've interviewed some pretty cool people. Exciting. Yeah. Well, I feel like I want to get back to you talking about recruiters being hated though because developers said, yeah. generally hate recruiters yeah should they i think i'm fine with developers being a little cautious but i don't think they need to hate us i think they need to view us as a better version of google and the reason why i say that is because a lot of and rightfully so, a lot of people view us like celery. Let me explain that real quick. Let's be honest, except for the weird people out there who actually like celery like me, typically you only use celery to eat ranch. And or, and or any other thing that you like. Y'all crazy people that put peanut butter on celery are wild. But <clears throat> that's the way most people view recruiters. And that's fine. Like we are a means to an end. And I get that, but I think a recruiter can be so much more. A recruiter is it knows more about probably your local market than actually most hiring managers. Um, let, let's face it: a typical developer may see may work at how many companies in their career? 10, 15, right? Maybe um, recruiters work with ten companies at one time. So we see the behind the scenes and the the nastiness that can be companies constantly. And so we know who to work for, who to stay away from, who you should like, who you should talk to, who you should not talk to. Like we know we are a wealth of information. And I think if you find a few of us that are good, you will never have to be on the job boards. You will never have to worry about anything. We can tell you where your salary lines up. We can tell you if you're behind the curve in tech, we can tell you no, I wouldn't go to that company you're interviewing for because they're not really good. People leave after a year. You should go here. Like, we just know so much. And to be honest with you, we probably know if your hiring manager is looking to leave too. Um, the doctor-patient uh. confidentiality that recruiters have is crazy. Um, I have worked with so many developers um, that want to leave and their hiring managers want to leave too and they don't know. So yeah, it's just... you. I, I'm, I'm all about being cautiously being cautious to recruiters. I'm all about it. Do I think you should hate us? No. Um, because we can be a wealth of knowledge for you. Fair. Okay. <clears throat> I stopped paying attention during your celery analogy. So I think you were advising me next time I see a recruiter to dollop ranch on their head. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. <clears throat> You offer free advice. You, you seem to be seen as a beneficial presence in the industry uh, thanks to your content. The rest of the recruiting industry has no clue and is in no hurry to adapt, are they? Correct. I thought so. Correct. Yeah, yeah. 
to your point about scaling, they don't seem to realize they have a scaling. Yeah, problem. well, because because we're so we we are so heavily focused around metrics, and when you put metrics with people, it doesn't work. And when COVID hit, managers close your ears. Yeah, seriously, and and and, and I was a recruiting manager. I mean, I so I mean, I've been recruiting for over ten years now. I was a recruiting lead and recruiting. I was in leadership probably for the last five years. And, and the reason why I'm not there anymore is because I'm starting a new endeavor within Vaco. Um, that's a little bit more national focus. I'm actually helping build a team nationally right now. So I guess you could say I'm still in management. Um, but we have to put guardrails and guidelines and metrics around what to do because in our job, you can kind of just not do anything. Like literally, like you can, you can sink into like, Oh, I've sent like six, like I've sent a ton of emails, like I'm good. And that's never the case. And so I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on putting things out on the internet, but it's so, I mean, listen, everybody struggle with it. I mean, like people are like, well, why should I pay a, a digital media agency to put stuff out on Twitter? I put out a tweet last night on Twitter, not kidding you, 200,000 impressions and a, a thousand likes. And I mean, it's cr like, literally I woke up this morning. I was like, uh Oh, we have a problem. Cause I have to get back to all these people now. But like, literally, like if you put content as a recruiter out on the internet, it's going to transform your business. And I think more recruiters need to do that. I hate to break it to you, but race baiting trolls get far more impressions than that. <laughs> I don't doubt it. So one of my problems is that uh, I have several software companies that I, I am invested in. Uh, I'm a billionaire, if I didn't mention that already. Uh, one of the biggest costs is these uh, the pesky, expensive software engineers. So, so my question is, is there such a thing as a, a, a decruiter? Someone, I need to go into my companies and tell me who to, to lay off, who's useless. Oh, <laughs> So I need to decruit software engineers. Yeah, so that so that's interesting. That that would be an interesting business model. Um, no, I, I I think what what I will tell you is I think companies need to stop hiring senior developers all the time. Um, I I I think, and I don't know if this answers your question, but I see this big issue right now in the industry where everybody wants seniors, and then you have a bunch of juniors and mids kind of hanging out, ready to go, ready to roll, and ready to be trained and developed and mentored and and just dive right in, but no one's wanting to take a chance. And so I think for me, I think companies need to, it, like if, like if um, talking to you as a wealthy billionaire and a CTO yes, of a company. very wealthy, yes. Right, very wealthy, who loves ranch. Um, I yes. think I I think you should slow down for a second, reprioritize your task, see what tasks can be handed off to junior to mid-level devs, hire those devs because they're going to stay with you longer than a senior dev most likely will. So, okay. Uh on that topic, how can I get my software engineers to work for less money? Or better yet, just no money? Uh, good luck with that. The industry is crazy right now. We're in an arms race for talent. I would say companies, hiring managers need to actually overpay. Um, and that I'm may not, not be that. the best news to you. Um, but that's why I think you need to be smart with juniors and mids. Right now, what has happened with COVID is, and the remote workforce is that there's no more localized pay anymore. Right. So for so, for example, a two to three year JavaScript dev here in Nashville will probably be anywhere from 85 to 95 K. The national average now is like 115 to 130. 
and companies aren't realizing this in Nashville and we're falling behind. Uh, and so if so, my recommendation for senior level leadership at companies is you're not the only fish in the sea anymore. You're, you're the fish in like a great big sea. Now, the biggest argument I get a lot is Taylor, because, because I work with hiring managers across the country from DC to LA right. and they go, Taylor, we can't pay fang rates, right? Facebook, Apple, Netflix, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, I get that. I understand that. But you at least got to raise them. Um, I'm working with one startup out West and, and, and they're underpaying for a senior dev. And we're having a really tough time vibing with each other because they're just so stuck to the salary band. And so I think right now, if you're in leadership, um, I would talk to me or talk to any recruiter to see the rates they're 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 seeing right now. But you're probably going to have to overpay your seniors to keep them, which is why I think there needs to be such an emphasis right now on training and development with juniors and mids. Right, so what I'm hearing from you is I need to go to places like Nashville and uh, paint senior developers as junior developers so I can pay them much less. I, I think I'm seeing this. W what about this? Can I get them to work for no money if I just promise them exposure? exposure so well, i'm famous and rich so exactly they get to say they know me I guess. <clears throat> so the exposure thing's interesting right i i think so and i'm gonna take this as kind of volunteering your time right working for free right yeah or, no, no, or, that's or exactly what i want i want yeah i don't want to yeah. compensate people for anything so i've been interested in this because i get a lot of people t you know sl sliding into my dms and going taylor like tell me how do i get experience Okay. Right. Or, Hey Taylor, should I, should I do, but you know, should I study for this certificate? Listen, I'm gonna tell you this right now. If you're struggling to gain experience, volunteer your time, hit up a nonprofit, hit up a church. Every church needs tech tech help. Like hit up any, anybody in your area to volunteer your time for free. If you, if you can't afford it, right. The biggest pushback that I get is Taylor, I have a family of four. I can't work for free. Listen, I'm not uh, one. I understand. I understand. But I'm also not saying volunteer 40 hours a week. I'm saying like volunteer an hour or five. Right. Right. And, and, and gain that experience. I will tell you this. Part of my content creation plan was to hire designers and, and marketers who needed help, who needed to get rolling. Right. And I have hired two interns that are now getting paid. Because they took a chance on me. Oh, I'm sorry, but you have to pay them. <laughs> well, they're getting paid now. It was working out pretty well for a minute though, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so, but they told me, they told me, Taylor, I want to volunteer my time because I can't get a job right now because I'm too junior. So I want to go ahead and build my portfolio, build my resume with you. So then in two years, I can go get a job because I've been working for the last two years. I had one developer that I know um, uh, work for free. I don't know how he did it. He, he was, I guess, volunteering some, or working somewhere else. Volunteering for free for two years. <clears throat> two years coding. React Node. Two years. Just I, like, I, His resume was great. I was like, hey, man, like you have a great resume. Uh, you know, last two years have been great. He goes, yeah, I've been working for free. And I was like, what? And literally, we placed him immediately, getting him paid. And so, again, I'm not saying you should do it if you can't afford it. 
But what I'm saying is, is you studying for another Udemy course or taking another Pluralsight course or studying a LinkedIn skills assessment course, maybe not do those and put that time into actually building something for somebody. Makes sense. Uh, next time you get one of those people with experience who's been working for free for two years, can you send them to me though? And then I'll continue to use their work for free. Cool. All right. We're on the same page there. I, I can sense it. Yeah. Uh, what what about uh, uh, all the junior developers coming out of boot camps? Do you have any specific advice for them? Man, I have a lot. <laughs> um, one, your capstone project is not enough anymore, right? So like there's such an influx of junior devs in the market, right? Because code schools are booming right now and um, – that just having one project or your main capstone project isn't enough. I think you need to actually like volunteer time and go work and do something for other people. Um, I think you need to be relentless um, in your networking skills. So you can check out my podcast. Um, I break down how to network. I, I am, I have become a freak on how to network. Like that's mainly what I talk about is how to network online right now. And I, and I I'm, I'm dead serious networking now and forever will be commenting and liking on people's statuses. I have met so many amazing people over the last year because they constantly engage with me. There was one guy, he he's, he's out West in Seattle. His name is Andrew Miller. Shout out Andrew. He helped me with this mic setup. I, 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 I don't know anything about audio engineering. And I was like, Hey, I want to level up my stuff. He goes, Hey, here's what you should do. Blah, blah, blah. And, but like, I, I, the only reason why I know him is because he constantly commented on my live shows constantly. And then we've developed a relationship and, and I really think that's the way to do it is where you need to leverage LinkedIn and you need to be on LinkedIn every day. And you need to be connecting with people at companies you want to work for and trying to have a conversation, you know, does everyone need a podcast? No, but it makes it really easy to ask for something. Right. Cause like, thank I mean, again, thank you for allowing me to come on. It was an easy ask. I mean, I, I didn't hesitate. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. I mean, everyone loves talking about themselves. And so I think if and if you don't want to be a podcaster, I get it. Um, you know, just have a phone call, have a text messaging conversation, do something. But at the end of the day, my advice for junior devs is to network your butt off, make a lot of friends, be focused on relationships. Don't, don't mass supply to jobs across the country. Um, those are kind of my high level ones. All right. Uh, one final question before we get to the lightning round. Um, okay. Uh, are Haskell developers, the easiest developers to place into jobs? <laughs> These are great questions. Um, I know. So thank you. I'm very, smart. yeah. Yeah. So, so you gotta be smart. No, the answer is no. Don't, what? don't learn Haskell <clears throat> off the get. What? Cause there's no jobs. Um, I will tell you this. You need to be aware of what is a hot skill set. I will tell you this. I, I think JavaScript is, is is the king and queen and will always be king and queen for a while. Um, I'm seeing a lot more emphasis on Python. Um, mm. I, Python has boomed <clears throat> in the last year. I've talked to, especially on the data side, I've talked with a lot of my um, data friends and they said it it's booming because it works so well with the cloud. Um, and so... That's a really hot one to learn, um, you know, <clears throat> I, 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 but it really, I, I, I've always described this as an analogy when I moved up to Nashville for music, 
Um, so I moved to Nashville in 2011 to do music like everyone else. And <clears throat> I, there, there was drummers. So I'm a drummer. There's drummers out there that can, that uh, are like, you look like a harmonica guy to me. I, I appreciate that. That and an accordion, I feel like, like big accordion vibes. But um, I think, so I always compare it to drumming is that drummers who can do all this fancy stuff are great, but typically they can't play a simple beat. And there's the joke in the musician community that two and four pays the bills, right? So you can do all this fancy stuff all over the drum kit. You can be like, like just a, just an absolute show on the drum kit. But if you can't keep a simple beat, no band is going to take you and you're not going to get paid. It's the same thing within software development. You have to learn the basics. You have to learn the skills that are hot right now. You know, you going off and learning rust, rust and go and Haskell and closure off the get, like it's going to be very hard for you to land a job. First job. It, you have to go into the JavaScripts, the .NETs, the Pythons, the the you know the cloud, right? All that stuff. That's what's hot right now, and you need to focus on that first. I appreciate your perspective, but Haskell is the greatest language. No one should do anything but Haskell, and I'll be editing out your answer. <clears throat> uh, so it's time for the lightning round. Congratulations, Taylor, on making it this far. I have flown a drone into your room while you were not looking and installed an electric shocker on your chair if you get any of these wrong or do not answer quickly you will receive a non-lethal but very painful electric shock that sounds great. Uh, so please just answer honestly and quickly or else uh so to get started um taylor tell me what's the best piece of business advice you've uh ever heard probably from me from you eat more ranch what book would you recommend to our audience if you were me? I don't read. Good answer. Too, mu too much code to write. What's one attribute or characteristic of a successful founder that I have? Being kind. <laughs> What's your favorite personal productivity practice that involves uh, biohacking yourself with an illegal substance? Uh, voice memos as text to others is my greatest hack. Huh, all right. What's a, a new or crazy business idea you uh, would like to pursue if you, you have extra time, but I would probably do better? Product So productizing the staffing industry. I have lots of thoughts and ideas on how to basically develop products that companies could sell within the staffing service. Really? Mm -hmm. and you could do this without people. We could just have bots and chatbots do it all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be, uh, my lawyer will be calling you after this. We, we can develop it in Haskell. Of course. That's not even on the table. Uh, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that would help me to feel superior to you? Um, <clears throat> I played on stage with Shania Twain. Huh. I don't know who that is. What's one of your most important passions outside of your work? And how can you automate that passion? Uh, my family and I need more time in a day. <laughs> okay. All right. You're doing well so far. This is the final one. This is the most important one. All right. Sounds good. Can't wait. Taylor, why aren't you as rich as I am? Uh, because I'm not eating enough ranch. Clearly. 
Well, well done. You have made it through the lightning round without an electric shock. Not everyone could do that. Congratulations. So before, yes, you can uh, pat yourself on the back. Uh, before we move on, how should people reach you on the troll filled interwebs? <laughs> Seriously. <clears throat> it's amazing the people that try to troll me to give job search advice. It's like the funniest thing. Like, I'm just trying to help people here and you're trolling me. Like, I don't understand. Um, I The best way to reach me. So my any social media handle for me is at tdesen, T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. Um, and uh, my texting community number, join it, 615-235-5650. And I'm on TikTok, but I don't dance. Well, are you serious about this whole recruiting thing? Because if you're not dancing on TikTok, I mean, why bother? I don't know what I'm doing. Do you have any final word for our developer audience? Yeah. Probably pro-Haskell propaganda? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this. I mean, it is incredibly difficult to land your first job, and you're going to get down on yourself. It takes at least six months to find a job, right? Sometimes I have people that take a year to find a job. I want you to know you're not alone. Um, I know getting rejected a ton. I'm getting a lot of developers tell me that they're so tired of getting rejected that they want to stop their job search. Listen, don't worry. Listen, the rejection is not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on the hiring process. The hiring process is flawed. I've talked to so many senior level. I'd say what? Flawed? flawed. I've talked to so many hiring managers who don't know what they're doing. I've talked to so many job seekers who obviously don't know what they're like. The whole hiring process is just a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing. And so I would say, give yourself some crazy grace, be kind on yourself. Um, because, um, I, because if you start not interviewing because you get down on yourself, you can miss out on your dream job. And so keep interviewing, keep being persistent, keep giving yourself grace. And I really, truly think you'll find your dream job sooner than you think. Very encouraging. But while you're discouraged and willing to work for free, please talk to me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the Council of the Wise Developers. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. The Council of the Wise Developers is a satire podcast focused on technology. Our goal is to first make you laugh, but also to make you question what you already think. That means we may give you cognitive dissonance. Feel free to disparage us on your favorite social meds. If we do give you cognitive dissonance, but you think this turns out to be a negative and not a positive, leave us some feedback on councilofthewise.dev. We intend to carefully consider feedback from our subscribers and may address concerns in future episodes.